When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, geez. I had myself muted right from the get-go. Um, what is going on, everybody? Uh, today is going to be a, another solo cast live stream. I threw out a poll on Twitter, and, um, you know, we're just going to kind of mull it over and see how it goes. So without further ado, let's go. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty health and wellness and beyond my hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being i hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests we're on all major streaming platforms so please sit back relax and enjoy man i'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13 year old son on leg day <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. So hopefully everybody is enjoying the way that I've been doing these live streams lately. Um, they seem to get good engagement and I do enjoy talking to everybody. Um, it's always nice to see people kind of hanging in the chat and hopefully they enjoy what I'm doing. Um, I was uh, on the phone with our dear friend Reed Coverdale today and uh, kind of talking to him about some of the stuff that's going on in Liberty space. Uh, but you know, a lot of that stuff's kind of irrelevant. Um, today was a little bit of a busy day for me. Um, but the reason why I kind of wanted to call this subject specifically to everyone's attention and why I kind of wanted to talk about it today is because this has actually come to affect me um, more recently. And for anybody that isn't up to date on this or anybody that hasn't caught me on any of the, uh, you know, any of our mutual friends here, podcast and Liberty sphere. Um, I don't want to say that I was canceled, but um, I did have a job opportunity with a votech school and um unfortunately it didn't work out so um for anybody that doesn't know um i have been an automotive technician for the last 10 years um i started and it's kind of funny because i'm looking at um all my uh, facebook memories and stuff like that and i keep seeing that um you know all the old memories of cars i used to work on when i worked for my dad kept coming up in my feed and that's kind of like where it all started for me, right? I always tell people the story that I work with. Um, <laughs> my original experience with working with cars is like going outside in 100% humidity on like a 90 degree day here in Pennsylvania, 
Oh man, that is throwing it back. What is up, man? Good to see you. Glad you're hanging. Um, Justin and I both went to college together, so I'm really, really glad he's here checking out the uh, stream. Um, so I remember my dad telling me, go out into the parking lot and you're gonna do a tune up on this van. So this was 2013. So at the time I was 19. No, no, that's a lie. 2012. Regardless, <laughs> it was it was summer 2012. So yeah, I would have been 17 at that point. Um my dad would tell me, oh, just go out in the parking lot and work on this. And when you're crawling into a shag carpeted vehicle on a hundred degree day, hundred percent humidity, it is disgusting. It is rough. I mean, you're just covered in sweat as soon as you get in there. So, um, that was kind of like where I started. And then I kind of moved on from there. I went to, uh, what is up Jacob? Good to see you. Glad you're hanging. Um, I went to, um, Nick Chevrolet uh, prep shouldn't say that um because it's a dealership i used to work for but it was a chevy dealership down in trenton pennsylvania and uh, i worked there for about a year and a half and that was kind of where i got my uh kind of got my teeth kicked in for better or for worse and um the reason why this is all important we'll get there um but i i kind of look back at that experience as making minimum wage and i worked at mcdonald's at one point as well and uh when I worked there, made minimum wage, and I was treated horribly. I was berated day in, day out, got my ass handed to me, for better or for worse. And um, what it really taught me is that sometimes some people do need a little bit of kick in the face and an absolute destruction of your ego to really get to somewhere that's going to be productive for you or to really instill that work ethic into you. So that was kind of where I got the discipline that I have today, if I'm being completely honest. Well, maybe not all of it, but uh, some of like the work ethic and stuff like that. So um, from there, I went to college and where my friend Justin is here in the chat, him and I both went to um, Ohio Tech out in Cleveland. And I was very, very disciplined and I graduated as, and this isn't patting myself on the back, but I did graduate as one of the most recognized students for the work that I put in because I made sure that I got all my automotive service excellence certifications and um, only missed half a day because of a speeding ticket. Uh, I worked my ass off while I was there, to be completely honest with you. I had a 94% average and just really you know, put my nose to the grindstone because I knew that um, now was the time to grind, right? I went to college because I knew in order to kind of compete in this world that we live in today, um, a lot of people like that shiny piece of paper that says that you went to school and you really worked your ass off at something. We're proud of our honors. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but I mean, we should be because we earned that. That was not given to us. Um, I, I visited there a couple of years afterwards. And I remember just kind of seeing the overall morale or maybe not morale is not the right word, but like the overall spirit had kind of faded a little bit where people didn't seem as disciplined as like a lot of the people that I went to school with. And maybe it was just because, you know, a uh, bias of my own sort that um, I'm thinking this way, but um, anyways, I graduated top my class there. And from there, I went to work for a dealership in Monroeville. Um, a Buick GMC Cadillac dealer, and I did very, very well there and continued to increase my income every single year as a flat rate technician while making the same amount of money until like the last two years that I was there. Then I finally got a raise. And then um, there were some key happenings and different events that happened and nothing like uh, devastating or anything like that, but just shit at a job that you think is crossing a line. And I set my boundaries um, 
at that point and decided that it was right for me to move on. So now um, the place I work at now is fantastic. It's a smaller shop, but uh, the people I work with are absolutely fantastic. And I really, really like all the people that I work with. Um, there were a few tussles, but um, one thing that I kind of found out is that sometimes you do need a little bit of a kick in the ass. Even when you think you got shit figured out, um, all of us can get lazy from time to time. And sometimes you do need somebody to just kind of come in and say, hey, we know you're better than this. You know you're better than this. Uh, get your ass in gear, man. Like, we need you to be better. So sometimes having that kind of talk really does help out, or at least for me it did. I know that really made an impact when I had people that had my back when. I wasn't being who I can be to tell me that like, we know you're better than this. Um, never underestimate shit like that. And for everybody watching, everybody listening, um, don't forget that about you. You can dig deep and you do have the balls to do what you put your mind to. Uh, there's no reason why you can't really. Um, I've worked my ass off for everything that I have and I've had help along the way. You know, we all have, but I, uh, you know, th that doesn't just, a lot of the shit isn't handed to you, but you know, it is required for you to put in the work to get shit done. Um, I've been needing that for a while. Finally found my tribe that helps. Absolutely. And we all have our tribes and it's always good to kind of fit in, but at the same time, you don't want to, I've heard it said that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I do find that to be true. So um, if you're hanging around people who are crabs in a barrel, then the best thing to do is to crawl the fuck out of the barrel. Excuse my language. But um, you never want to be complacent. And if you are the smartest guy in the room, then the best idea is to excuse me, find a new room because um, that means that that room that you're currently in is no longer serving you, right? Um, if you can't learn something from people or the said room is no longer serving you, then it's time to move on. So um, I got a text message from my dad saying that there had became an opportunity at a Votech school that had opened up and that he thinks that it would be a really, really good job for me. And I agreed. <laughs> uh yeah don't do that uh, i remember seeing a clip of somebody saying he said like starting a podcast um yeah you know it's just it's water on the bridge whatever you're gonna do but um so um my dad texted me and made me aware of an opportunity at a votech school and it's about an hour away from me but i was willing to make the drive and he said, I think you should apply. And I think you should, you know, you have a pretty good in because there's a family friend of ours that works there. So you know, go ahead and worse comes to worse, they say no. So I put my application in and <laughs> yes, absolutely. Podcasts don't pay well. I agree. Unless you are grifting, um, unless you got something to sell people, unless, you know, you're willing to carry some kind of political party line, they don't pay. Um, <laughs> you know, it'd be very, very profitable for me to just carry the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus, the, you know, Republican Party MAGA line, but I'm, I'm not doing that. I have principles and I have things that I stand by and I'm beholden to objective truth, right? Or at least the objective truth is the way that I see it. So anyways, back to kind of the applying for the job. So I apply there and they call me and I was like, wow, I can't believe I got a call. This is like literally the first job in my entire life that I wasn't like, I have this, it's no problem. I'm going to get a call back because when you're in the automotive field, for those who don't know, Justin knows who's in the chat. Um, when you're in the automotive field, there are no young technicians coming in, especially not young technicians who are certified and work their ass off to get to where they are. Um, most of these kids these days, you know, we, we 
we joke about the millennials and the zoomers, but um, there is some truth to it that there's some guys that just ain't worth a shit. They're not going to come to work on time. They have a shitty attitude. They don't know what they're doing. You're going to have to hold their hand. They don't have the paperwork to back up their name. So when you get somebody like myself, and once again, it sounds like I'm bragging, but I mean, it's just the truth. Um, that person is very, very valuable because you realize, oh, well, we could squeeze 40 years of um, working on cars out of this guy who's going to make us a lot of money, especially with labor rates being as high as they are. Um, we could really get the our money's worth out of this guy. It doesn't take very, very long. And especially when you have shops charging anywhere from $160 to $230 an hour, then um, you know, you're you're worth your salt. Uh, don't start podcasting there are too many of us, unless you're gonna do non-politics related podcasts. And if that's the case, that's definitely start. Uh, once again, from my friend Jacob from Rise to Liberty. I'm gonna have to get him back on, or you know, we'll have to figure out something soon. He's uh awesome dude and uh you know shout out to him for hopefully getting um our mutual friend our now mutual friend pat mcfarlane on who's just on the other day um i agree the podcasting market for libertarians is very very saturated but i mean if you feel compelled to do that then do it but uh you know i made this podcast because i wanted to get a message of both out right i enjoy talking about political stuff i'm passionate about that but i'm also passionate about health i'm passionate about um, you know, intersexual dynamics. I'm passionate about, um, you know, lifting tons of stuff. I'm not limiting myself to one thing. So, I mean, if you do do a podcast, then just make sure you're passionate about the stuff and that you could see yourself doing it. I mean, in October for me, it'll be two years. I know Jacob just uh, passed his uh, two year mark as well. So, uh, I go for my first interview and things actually go pretty well. So um, they have like a round of interviews. And I remember when the lady called me for my first interview, she said that, hey, this is going to be your first round of interviews. So, okay, whatever. Uh, so I get called back for the second interview and um, everything seemingly went really, really well from that as well. That was like the uh, manager. I can't remember if it was like the principal or like the there was someone higher up and somebody else. And they kind of asked me questions about like how to react in certain scenarios. Um, if it came to like a recalcitrant, a recalcitrant, sorry, a recalcitrant kid who just doesn't behave or doesn't want to listen or stuff like that. Right. So we shake hands. Everything's good. Moving on. Third interview um, where they had me do a 10 minute uh, instructional video where I actually kind of broke down wiring a uh, I think it was like a headlight. And I think I actually did really good. <laughs> I did it for my wife and uh, she seemed to agree that she thought I did pretty well. So uh, I actually had the instructor, the automotive instructor's number, and he messaged me and said, man, you did great. Can't wait to start working with you. So that was the third interview. And then, you know, give it like a week or two. And they call me back and said, hey, uh, why don't you stop in and let's have another talk? So, okay. Stop in. And they say, hey, yeah, we want to let you on board and, you know, let's finalize all this paperwork. And then we'll send you, you know, we'll send you to review for the school board, but more than likely you're going to get hired. So, um, I was absolutely stoked. I mean, this was kind of like my out from turn wrenches and not that I dislike turning wrenches. I actually enjoy it, but I mean, just, it's just all the bullshit around it. Um, a, a saying that comes to mind is, uh, I think it was five finger death punch. Their singer, Ivan Moody was talking to Rob zombie who, you know, everybody who's Rob knows who Rob zombie is. Um, he was talking to Rob zombie about the professional music life. And the way that Rob Zombie had put it to Ivan was that you're not paid for that one hour you're on stage. You're paid for the 23 hours of bullshit before you go on stage. <laughs> That's kind of the way that I look at fixing cars a lot of time. Um, a minority of the time, you're finding the actual problem and fixing it. 
of most of the other time you're filling out paperwork, you're walking around, you're looking for keys, you're finding labor ops, you're tearing shit apart to get to said problem. Then you fix it. You get the dopamine hit. It's really cool. And then you go submit the ticket and you find out, oh, well, I got screwed out an hour or two. And um, for those who don't know, you're paid flat rate as a technician. So it's by the job and by what the job is quoted for. So you don't have like a guaranteed pay as soon as you walk in through the door. So, you know, if you punch a, uh, you're not punching a clock, so to speak. Um, so anyways, they have me go in, um, finalize the paperwork and they say, all right, well, you'll hear from us soon. So, you know, they kind of had it laid out. And this was back in, I want to say, I want to try to give you guys some relatively exact dates. So I want to say this is back in June. So I figured, okay, well, I got two months till I quit my current job and then go full-time to instructing. And this job was like, in my mind, the gig, right? You work, what is it, like 7 to 2.30 or something like that um had to stop wrenching because the epilepsy oh i'm sorry to hear a brother need to find a different way to work on cars i love oh, killer man sorry to hear um so you would have summers off and you could either get your entire summer's like salary in one net check or you could take like just regular check throughout the summer um, guaranteed pay raises, you get a little bit of vacation, but not much just because, well, you have summers off. So what do you need vacation for? Um, pretty decent rate. I would take a little pay cut, but I was willing to do that for the long term. A uh, healthcare, I mean, this was a very, very good gig. So almost like a month goes by and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get the hell out of fixing cars. Like I just, I, I can't wait to be done. And I get a call. This was not entirely unexpected, but he gives me, or uh, the gentleman who I last spoke with who said that I was going to the school board to be reviewed, um, had called me and said, um, hey, we are no longer going to move forward with employing you due to social media. To which I replied, um, is there anything that I could do to remedy this? And to which he said, no. Um, I said, well, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate your time and you know, thank you. And he got back to me and said, yeah, no problem. Um, it's not for lack of skill, not for lack of expertise, but, um, if you're going to consider a job in this field, in the field of teaching, then you might want to consider cleaning up your social media. Um, that to me was a pretty freaking hard blow. <laughs> just saw this working entertaining my nephew <laughs> well don't don't have him listen to this this is a little bit of a black pill <laughs> uh so uh it was it, it sucked i was really looking forward to working this job and um i was talking to another friend of the show eric jackman and i know he does a little bit of uh stuff kind of similar to this vein and he had kind of giving me a little bit of like a thumbs up and said, Hey man, you know, it's really cool that you're getting in there and we need more guys like me to be in there teaching kids about stuff. So, um, you know, and I, I would generally agree with him because I feel like there a lot of teachers are older, right? Like there's not many younger teachers and the younger teachers you do get, you're like, man, like I relate to these people. So this is what was so upsetting to me and specifically to my dad as well, because he's really amped up for me to get this job as well. Um, it, it's crazy to think that like, you know, all your teachers are like 20 years older than you, but like I would have been at most maybe 
13, 14, maybe even 15 years older than some of the kids that I was teaching. So like, I'm still older. Don't get me wrong, but like you relate a lot more to a 28 year old kid or I shouldn't say kid, but a 28 year old adult than you would like the 40, 50 year old guy. Right. Um, <laughs> Jennifer, thank you. Uh, Kevin. Yes, absolutely. You don't want your nephews to be here in my uh, potty mouth. Um, but it, it really sucks because once again, these kids are no longer going to get my experience, right? Because, oh my God, <laughs> the old man himself. Uh, the real loss is, is an industry crying for help. We had a chance to produce some great kids. Yes, absolutely. Um, once again, you'll relate a lot more to somebody like me, a dude with tattoos who plays in a band and who has a sense of humor. Not that the old guys don't, because the old guys do. But like when you're in a school and you've been there for a while, you probably know the rules a little bit better. Could probably get away with bending the rules a little bit more, so to speak. Um, but like I felt like I would have offered a different perspective, being a guy that like I'm going into the same market as these kids are kind of going into. And I was just talking to one of my coworkers, um, wives about this who works with us as well. Um, even like five years ago is a different work, you know, like a different work, housing, everything market, you know, dating market, even. Um, than when I was in five, six, seven years ago, like things are completely different, but like, at least I could still relate to this kids. Like, Hey, you're going to be seeing lots of hybrid vehicles. 1234 YF is going to be the new refrigerant. Um, you're dealing with a whole new kind of deal when it comes to working on a cars. And I, I was there, right. I can teach you this stuff. You know, you're going to have to deal a lot more with punch times and be a little bit more technical, but like, I can help you do this. Not that the older guys can't, but like, I'm fresh out of this, right? This is going to be what you're going to see. These guys keep up with it, but not perhaps to the same standard that I did. So um, when I got the call saying that I was no longer going to be hired because of social media, um, it was a bummer. And the thing that I was really surprised about is like, how the fuck do you make it through three interviews, three interviews without even looking up my name on social media once. All you have to do is Google my name. It's not like it's hard to find. Jesus Christ. Um, it doesn't surprise me that some jobs check social media accounts for job approval. It's part of the reason why I prefer to use a code name, Conrail or Conway, to keep social media more private. Um, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, I'll come on anytime. Just let me know. Business is using social media in the hiring park process is 19, 1984-esque. Jeez, sorry, guys. <laughs> like a precursor to social credit scores. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it, it sucked. But like I said, I felt like I could offer the kids something else. But um, kind of to Conrail's point here, it probably offers a good pivot. Um, I used to say that like being anon is dumb because – a lot of people who are being anonymous online do so under the guise that they want to be as shitty as possible without having to pay any repercussions. And I still think that like it's hard to say the majority, but there definitely is a faction of people who are pathological people who just want to raise hell and pay no consequences. Um, that to me is bitch shit. I'm going to be completely honest with you. If you want to sit there and talk shit to people and pay zero consequences, that's bitch shit. Right. Um, you know, that's why I don't run my mouth to people because, um, you know, first of all, what the fuck is it good for? But I mean, it's just a shitty thing to do. If you want to talk shit all day, you should have to, or you sh shouldn't have to, but you should use your face, your name. So that way you pay the consequences for your shitty actions. Um, 
Now, that being said, I don't believe that people shouldn't be able to be anonymous. I absolutely believe people should be able to, you know, revoke their identity and be whoever they want to be. But once again, I don't think you should be free of... I, I kind of want to tiptoe around this, but um, it, it, it's just a bad way to kind of set up your world where you can do bad things or say things you wouldn't normally say and pay no consequences. Uh, those kids could have had you teaching at any time. They could have had a work study at my shop, let alone with my recommendation trained by you. And they would have been hired instantly. They cry, but the kids, <laughs> well, the board just robbed a group of kids from fantastic learning experience. Yes. Um, sadly. So, um, I, I don't like the idea of setting up anonymous stuff just so that way you can indulge in the worst of your behaviors and the worst of your desires. So um, this is kind of like where my idea of being anonymous kind of got updated and where I no longer think the same way I used to think about being anon. Um, Kevin and Conrail are both, um, he, well, Kevin was formerly anonymous, who's in the chat there. But uh, I don't blame people as much as I used to anymore. Uh, same here, although I slip up every once in a while. I try to treat others like they're sitting across from me. Um, I think you do a good job of that. Every single interaction we've had on Twitter, Conrail, um, has been very, very good. And I've never seen you go after somebody in the jugular. So I appreciate it. You know, that's, that's good stuff. So, uh, I do have a, an article kind of coming up here. And before we kind of get into that one thing that I think a lot of people might've missed, and I hear people say this, and it's a reasonable thing to say when I tell them about my situation, I actually told a coworker of mine about this today because he, he walks up to me and says, Hey, aren't you supposed to be gone in August? And I was like, oh, I like you didn't know. I didn't tell you. I thought I told him, but um, I, I explained to him this whole situation. And he said, oh, man, what? well, what about free speech? Um, <laughs> uh, to, to a very large degree, we do not have it. But um, it, it's a company choosing not to hire you because of stuff like this isn't really covered under the First Amendment because they are <laughs> – I hate to say it, private companies, although this situation is a little bit different because this is a public school. So I think that's a different situation. Um, I think you have a stronger case to say like free speech in this situation because they are a public institution taking public dollars um, and they are supposed to be completely neutral in the way that they hire and fire people. Um, now, if it is like your job firing you for stuff on social media, like a dealership or um, I don't know, insert job here. Um, that's a little bit different because that's freedom of association, right? We do not force people to hire people regardless of their political beliefs. And I believe that it's actually um, a good thing that we have the right to hire and fire people that we don't want associated with us, right? That's the way it should be. You should be able to hire and fire whoever you want for whatever reason. But now we see this kind of be taken to a pathological extreme when you have the government involved because now they're telling people who to hire and fire. Um, I, I didn't really read through the Twitter files, but I mean, I'm sure everybody in the chat and everybody knows somebody that was suspended from social media because of their political beliefs or the way that they think about things. Um, this happened to me. This happened on this channel plenty of times. Um, I think about probably a half a dozen videos where I spoke honestly about a certain thing, a certain medical treatment that, uh, and even cited studies to back up what I was saying. And it was censored. Um, it, it's, I, you know, I hate to kind of get into this platitude here, but uh, I think everybody knows how it goes that, um, you know, you, this is kind of like the public commons, right? Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, the are the public commons where we all kind of come together to discuss our ideas because, you know, we don't do this stuff outside nearly as much anymore. So uh, kind of moving on from there, I wanted to read these two articles 
and I will try to pay attention to the chat as much as possible. Um, let me see here, do a share screen. Um, and we will go to this article right here. Um, can employers discriminate based on political beliefs or affiliation? Um, this is from nolo.com. It's a legal encyclopedia. Kind of breeze through this. So we'll just kind of read it and uh, discuss as we go along. Um, so one more time. Can employers discriminate based on... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. political beliefs or affiliation making decisions based on employees political beliefs or activities might violate state laws so as you can see here there may be a difference from state to state to state i kind of like how they have this option here uh, partnership franchise private health company a public corporation government agency sole proprietorship um that kind of stuff uh, can an employer fire or discriminate against an employee based on political beliefs? You may be surprised to learn that for many employees, the answer is yes. Federal law does not protect private employees from discrimination based on their politics. However, some states do protect employees from certain types of political discrimination. And an employer may not use an employee's politics as a pretext for discrimination based on a protected trait like race or religion. Um, maybe I'm a little bit extreme here. Oh my God. I wish I had a sound drop. What is up, Mark? <laughs> Glad you're hanging out, brother. Um, I would say that actually you should be able to discriminate based on race and religion or anything like that. You should be able to discriminate and hire and fire who you please, who you want for whatever reason. It is your business. You do not have, you shouldn't have to hire people based on any characteristics. That's ridiculous. Uh, Twitter is a pressure valve for many people. Yes, I completely feel that. Uh, uh, it was for me. And I think it speaks to the broader conversation on suppression of speech and calling people quote unquote Nazis or quote unquote fascists for having an opinion. Yeah. Unfortunately, we see a lot of that today. Um, unfortunately it could be handled in a healthier way. Yes, it absolutely could. So sorry. I will get right back to the article here. Um, Federal laws don't prohibit political discrimination. Uh, not all forms of discrimination are illegal. However, it is illegal under Title VII. I don't know what number that is. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 um, and libertarians are in favor of repealing the Civil Rights Act. Um, for employers to make job decisions based on race, color, national origin, religion, and sex. Other federal laws prohibit discrimination based on age, disability, and genetic information. However, political views aren't covered by these laws in the laws of most states. Uh, this means employers are free to consider political views and affiliations in making job decisions. Uh, so let me just catch back up with the chat if there's anyone in there. No, cool. Um, sorry, I left Kevin's uh, comment up there. Uh, 
like I said, I do think you should be able to hire and fire based on any characteristics because, you know, you kind of want people to be known for or their businesses to be known for what and who they are. Unfortunately, this is in the pathological extreme where now we see companies being punished. And, you know, we could even dive in a little bit of the ESG stuff, environmental social governance scores, where like now if a company doesn't hire the right amount of people or if they make bad decisions deemed by these ESG boards, then um they may not be able to have access to loans. So um but like when it comes to people being discriminated against for like age or sex even or like disability status um i actually think that's kind of important because would you want somebody with like one arm working for a business that requires moving stuff i mean not to say that like these people are any less or anything like that but um you know they're going to kind of they're not going to be able to provide you the service that you need therefore you should be free to discriminate against that person in that situation because they are not fit to do the job that's going to rub some people the wrong way but you know it just is what it is um Many uh, So they here outline, what about the First Amendment? Many people mistakenly believe that the First Amendment of the Constitution protects them from discrimination based on their politics. After all, the First Amendment guarantees our rights to free speech, freedom of the press, free exercise of our religious beliefs, free assembly, and to petition government for redress of grievances. <laughs> yeah, redress of grievances would be uh, nice. Should these rights protect us from discrimination based on our political beliefs and statements? The First Amendment does protect our political views, but only from actions taken by the government. Those who work for public employers, the federal, state, or local government are protected by the First Amendment and might have a valid legal claim if fired for their political beliefs, depending on the circumstances. However, those who work for private employers don't enjoy these types of jobs or type of job protections under the First Amendment. Um, once again, I am going to say that I think it's important for businesses to be able to um maintain their freedom of association because if you are the business owner once again you should be able to hire and fire who you want it is your business this is your private property um a dude with epilepsy driving your bmw oh dude i'm sorry i'm sorry uh discrimination is key to society absolutely um you know i made a very discriminatory choice in marrying my wife i discriminated against all other women to marry my wife and there, were, believe me, there were other women that wanted that position as well, is what it is. But discrimination is what generally gets us better results. Uh, Conrail, I've had experience working with people in programs for intellectually disabled people such as myself. And there are many that I would recommend not hiring for a job. And once again, this isn't a moral thing. This isn't condemning these people. This isn't saying there's nothing, you know, that they're doomed for the rest of their lives. But like, we recognize people who aren't fit to do a certain job. And that's okay. I get a man, but like, you know, you don't want to see your bros posting L's. I just posted on Twitter today that there's all these people posting W's. I have people messaging me about their weight loss and stuff like that, or saying that like my podcast helped them out. Like, dude, that shit means the fucking world to me. That is fucking awesome when you see people just doing good. So I, excuse me if I'm, you know, I, I just don't like hearing shit going wrong for, you know, the bros. <laughs> Um, state laws on political discrimination. A handful of states protect private employees from workplace discrimination based on their political beliefs or activities. A larger number of states protect employees from discrimination based on legal activities outside of work, which might include political activities. Um, 
political discrimination laws. A few states explicitly prohibit employers from making job decisions based on employees or an applicant's politics. In California, for example, employees are protected from discrimination based on their political affiliations and activities. In California, I think I could kind of understand that. Uh, New York and the District of Columbia have similar laws. And in Oregon and Wisconsin, employees may not be penalized for refusing to attend meetings intended to allow their employer to communicate its political or religious opinions. <laughs> I just want to highlight that here. Um, let me make sure I got this all right. Yeah. Um, employees may not be penalized for refusing to attend meetings intended to allow their employer to communicate its political or religious opinions. Uh, oh, my God. So I've worked for General Motors for quite a while now, and it, it is kind of sickening to see the DEI stuff, The just like this progressive nonsense creep into the workspace or it's like look you are just supposed to tell me how to fix a fucking car i don't care about if josie is getting sexually harassed let the workplace figure that out that's what they're for the manufacturer is just is just there to teach to give you the information to fix their fuck-ups that's all they're here for um justin i appreciate you dropping in brother thank you so much um like I said, they're just there to give you the information to do your job better. Like they shouldn't be finger wagging at you. That's ridiculous. Um, lawful conduct laws. A number of states have laws that prohibit employers from making job decisions based on employees off-duty conduct and activities as long as they are legal. In Colorado, for example, shout out to Forrest Mommy, who was just on the show on Tuesday. I feel like we had a really, really good talk and just kind of you know, it's just, we didn't talk about like political stuff all that much, just like about dogma and the idea of people like preaching, but not practicing what they preach, you know? Um, in Colorado, for example, an employer may generally not fire an employee for engaging in any lawful activity while off duty and away from the workplace. If your state has this type of law, it will likely protect you from political discrimination. Um, and here ending it up, uh, political discrimination might be illegal on other grounds. Even if you work in a state that doesn't protect employees from political discrimination, you might still have a legal claim if your employer's actions were really based on a protected trait under title, I think it's title nine or a similar state law. For example, if African-American employees are fired for participating in a black lives matter rally, but employees of other races are not fired for going to marches, rally protests, <laughs> funny how they just picked that one out. Um, that might qualify as illegal race discrimination. In this situation, the African-American employees would have a claim that the employer used their politics as a pretext for race discrimination. It seems like a little bit of a stretch. Um, similarly, an employer that fires Christian employees for attending a right to life march, but shows no interest in other employees' political views might be making decisions based on religious beliefs rather than political beliefs. Um, I'm kind of glad they at least even it out there. A good employment lawyer can help you understand that laws that might protect you in your state and the strength of your potential claims. Um, I will get back over here for a second. Let me just remove that from the stream. Uh, Jacob, the idea that we're all equal and deserve equal outcome is fake and gay. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, just the idea that anyone in any opportunity or in any pursuit is going to be equal really is like a revolt against human nature. I've heard people say that before, but it really is true because, um, you know, I will be able to deadlift 500 pounds for three reps and, you know, do a whole bunch of pull-ups and lift very, very heavy. But like someone else with a different physiognomy may not be able to do the same thing. But the thing is that they may be able to do other things better than me. 
we are all individuals, but like this is kind of where um, the idea of diversity is our strength from a right wing perspective, like a traditionally right wing perspective is actually really, really interesting because like when you talk about the race and IQ stuff, and I'm not going to dive deep on that because I know this shit just drives people crazy, but like if you're allocating people to what they do best, then diversity is your strength. When you recognize that people in diverse, you know, of diverse backgrounds, diverse um, intelligence, diverse, whatever, um, if they're doing what they can do best, then yes, diversify, put the best person in, you know, where they're best suited to do whatever job, right? Like, you know, I'm a guitar player. I'm not a singer. I'm a backup singer. But you're going to put me as a lead singer. You're good at that. I can't write lyrics. I suck at that. So don't put me in that position. If you put me in the guitar position, I happen to do all right. Um, sexual harassment training should be, Hey, you know what it is. Just don't do it pretty much dude. For real. Like, don't just, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Don't, you know, hit your coworkers with your penis. Don't flash your coworker with your tits. Um, don't give them shoulder rubs. Don't, you know, make them watch porn. <laughs> I mean, like this is just basic human decency. Um, I, I don't know what else to say, but like the idea that the manufacturer has to tell me this. I don't care. Just tell me how to fix the fucking car. That's all I care about. <laughs> I'm going to look at a GM to tell me how I should or shouldn't conduct like my personal life or what's harassment and what isn't harassment. It, it, I, I know what that is. I don't need General Motors breathing down my neck telling me what that is. So uh, we are going to go back to the screen share here. Um, I did not read this, but this is from shrm.org, uh, political affiliation bias strains some workplaces. Um, a growing number of workers are feeling the effects of the political affiliation bias and would benefit from greater inclusiveness, according to a recent Society for Human Resources Management Politics at Work Study. Well, I mean, this already sounds like it's written by progressives, but... We'll read on. On the percentage of U.S. workers who say they've experienced political affiliation bias has risen 12 percentage points in the last three years. Um, when was this published? I'm actually kind of curious. October 5th, 2022. I wonder why. <laughs> 2022, 2020. Uh, let's just think about that for a second. Um. Almost a quarter of the 504 workers surveyed. So, I mean, that's not like a big survey, but... It, I've heard it said that all graphs are wrong, but some are useful, or all models are wrong, but some are useful. I think that kind of pans out here. Um, almost a quarter of the 504 workers surveyed in late August, 24% say they have personally experienced differential treatment, either positive or negative because of their political views, compared with 12% of U.S. workers in 2019. Um, quote, unfortunately, we've seen a real decline in civility when people express their opinions and beliefs. On, uh, and it's a barrier to success for employers and their employees. And Quote, um, said SHRM President and Chief Executive Officer John C Johnny C. Taylor Jr. Jeez, I'm not going to read that a million and a half times. <laughs> this trend has been fueled by the re relative anonymity of social media and it has spilled into our communities and our workplaces. In today's climate, people are saying, I can't work with you if you don't share my views. It's a problem HR professionals and business leaders cannot ignore. Um, I am hopeful SHRM's research will help organizations build constructive dialogue in the workplace for the good of employees, the bottom line, and society at large. Ah, uh, that's just like so gross. Like, if you can't talk about politics productively, then 
I don't know. The problem's on you. Like, I, you don't need third parties to come in and mitigate this stuff. Or at least I don't think you do. I mean, I talk politics and religion with people all the time. People I vehemently disagree with about this stuff, too. I'm not a dick about it, though. <laughs> you don't have to be a dick about absolutely everything. Uh, uh, nearly half of workers, 45%, have experienced political disagreements in the workplace. Companies can lean on their diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies to help manage these conflicts. God, that is so gross. Um, differences in political viewpoint is indeed a diversity issue, said Jonathan Segal, an attorney with Dwayne Morris in Philadelphia and New York City. It is but one example of diversity in thought. Um, it is neither possible nor desirable to attempt to prohibit any political workplace discussions. An attempt by management to do so may align those who disagree on almost every political issue to agree on one thing. The employer is overreaching. Um, to that point, I actually agree. Um 26% of U.S. workers engage in political discussions with their colleagues. I can't believe it's that low. Jeez, I talk politics with my coworkers all the time. But, like, once again, we're not dogmatic about it. Um, those who work fully in person are more likely to engage in political discussions with their coworkers, 30%, than hybrid workers, 24%, and fully remote workers, 19%. Uh, Christine Walters, an independent consultant with 5L Co. Uh, in Westminster, had a different perspective. I might even caution employers to suggest employees to respectfully refrain from these conversations, just as we might discourage those proselytizing in the workplace. Um, if an employee chooses, however, to ignore the employer's suggestion and proceeds to disclose his or her political affiliation or opinion, then the employer should demand a respectful and civil, civil response and discourage engaging in further discourse and move on. Um, people are going to do what they're going to do. That's all it is. I mean, you're not going to control people's behavior. Uh, I think it's silly to think that you really can, but, you know, is what it is. Um, various views on differing political perspectives. Two-thirds of U.S. workers, 66%, say the employees in their organizations are inclusive of differing political perspectives among um, other employees. Moderate, 73%, and liberal workers, 70% are more likely than conservative workers. 60% say the employees in their organization are inclusive and differing um, political perspectives among other employees. Well, I mean, when you think about 2022, um, typically people on the right were a lot more um, dissident to everything that was going on. So I think that you would see this change with popular culture. I don't think it's just like a left or right thing. Like right now, because the left is in charge and left controls everything culturally, I think it's kind of hard to to really get an honest shake on both sides. Um, my guess is that this is more office discussion rather than blue collar work. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting that feeling too, uh, because, you know, I've worked blue collar my entire life. So, um, that's definitely what I'm getting as well. Um, there's probably more political diversity in your workplace than you think Seagal said. There tends to be more group speak, um, where those with less common views simply don't speak. The appearance of an almost universally held view, excuse me, held view is not the reality, but group speak makes it more likely that those with different views will simply hide their views. This result this results in a lack of engagement and actual estrangement. Indeed, it may result in views not being expressed that should be heard for leaders to respond to societal issues with workplace implications. Um, although most U.S. workers report their organizations are inclusive, differing political perspectives among employees, some supervisors report that they would be hesitant to hire or promote people with certain political beliefs. Would you believe that? <laughs> kind of goes back to what I was uh, going on about earlier. 
Supervisors are more likely to be hesitant to hire a job applicant who disclosed that they had extremely conservative beliefs than an applicant who disclosed that they had extremely liberal beliefs. So, I mean, the difference is 10%. Approximately one in five supervisors would be hesitant to promote an employee who disclosed they had extremely conservative or extremely liberal beliefs. <laughs> See, there's not that much of a difference there from 18% to 21%. Um, I just think it's extremes on both sides. And I hate to both sides of the issue. But I do think that, like, if you see people who are extreme on either side, then people are like, ah, I, I don't like that. Um, supervisors are more likely. Oh, sorry. Um, more workplace guidelines needed. Only 8% of organizations have communicated guidelines to employees around political discussions at work leading up to 2022 midterm elections, according to a separate survey of 1,525 HR professionals, which you already know you're going to buy a sample by getting HR professionals conducted from August 25th to September 11th. Um, any anti-bullying or harassment policy could be amended to, to include the phrase, although we encourage an open dialogue as to matters of national significance when it comes to politics, employees must conduct discussions respectfully and without threatening or disruptive tone in the workplace. I um, said, Stephen, I'm not even going to try to say that last name, an attorney with Fisher and Phillips in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, that is really a just freaking like feminist tone policing bullshit as it gets. <laughs> and I think everybody who follows me on Twitter knows that like I don't knock left much just because it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, yeah, they're whatever you want to say about the left. Like, I don't even think about the left that much just because it's like not a concern in my life. Like I, the people who are good at knocking the left, I could be too, but like. They're not listening to me. I don't reach those people. I don't talk to those people because they're not in my life. They're not listening to my podcast. They're not at my workplace. I, that's not my audience. Uh, squeakiest, weakest wheel gets greased. Yes, that is often the case in more situations than just the one we're talking about, too. Um, any such policy should make it clear that it is not intended to prevent employees from discussing their working conditions or otherwise engaging in protected activities, said John Porter, an attorney with Jackson Lewis in New York City. Employers should train their management staff on how to defuse situations if communications become emotional or agitated. Uh, sometimes they just will. A potential legal issue, political viewpoint is not only a diversity issue, but also a potential legal issue, Seagal said. Jennifer Abruzzo, the National Labor Relations Board General Counsel, has stated that conversations about political issues may be protected under the National Labor Relations Act as concerted activity to the extent that they relate to workplace issues. Um, this could include, for example, issues involving pay equity, minimum wage, immigration, and health care coverage for abortion. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Just that article was a whole, what, 10, 15 minutes of progressive nonsense to be completely honest with you but i mean that's that's kind of what they're saying and that's why i think a lot of hr departments want to go to they want you to tell the progressive line they want to be in charge of what you think what you say what you can't say which when you think about what you can or can't say that is generally dictating how you can think because when you're talking to people right now i'm looking over in the audience to see what people are saying to see if i'm missing the mark or not Right. We talk these things out and we, you know, vo vocalize them to just kind of suss out our thoughts and suss out the general um, vibe for everything. Right. Like you want to know what the general zeitgeist is and see if maybe you're wrong or maybe you're right. Nobody knows if you can't talk about it. So um, I don't think we should like encourage or discourage political discourse in a workplace, but like 
it's it's going to happen no matter what. But like my main message here, and I know maybe this wasn't like straight on about anonymity, but like the fact that people are getting fired over their political beliefs online really makes it a lot more, you know, a lot easier to understand why people want to be anonymous online because you pay the price, right? I paid the price. And I put out a tweet a while back that said, um, you know, you may not think it right now, but sometimes social media does cost you. Social media will cost you. And sometimes you won't even know. I didn't know. I had no idea that some of the stuff that I said would eventually come back to bite me. It is what it is. And I'm not going to sit here and cry, bitch, piss or moan. No matter what, I'll be okay. That's the way I've always been. That's the way I will always be too. I can work hard enough. Um, I'm disciplined enough that whatever opportunity is put in front of me, I'll make the best of it. I'll rock and roll. <laughs> I'll be good. Don't worry about me. I'll be good. But I mean, you know, if you have the wrong opinions, then you will pay the price. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. I knew that going into um, trying to get that teaching gig, that that was a potential outcome. And unfortunately, it just it, it came first. Um, you know, you don't really think it's going to happen until it happens to you. So Conrail, it's cultural Marxism at its finest. And to their credit, they're not doing um, all communism, but doing a softer form of Maoism. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree because like the main idea of Marxism is that every single human interaction is a power struggle, right? Um, you have the oppressor and the oppressed. Since I'm a white male, <laughs> I'm in the dominating class. There's nobody that can oppress me in the Marxist worldview. So therefore... Um, it's okay to do whatever you can to silence me and destroy me in whatever ways possible. Um, this is what many of the mandates were about too. You can purge right wingers from government positions, knowing that they overwhelmingly reject the jab happened in my state. Um, it, it is kind of nice that a lot of the COVID stuff is over. Um, just glad that's behind us. But like, I think we now know how fast a lot of people will fall for the propaganda. Um, and that being said, that's why it's kind of important to have the ability to be anonymous in some respect, because um, if you're speaking out about important topics like COVID, then maybe it is important for you to have a voice and get the information out there that people may need. I mean, they censored the government, went to social media companies and said that they should censor information that was, you know, in conflict with the information they were putting out. It's ridiculous. Um it should be free market, right? <laughs> it should be free speech. Whoever has the best message, whoever, you know, can do the greatest good for the most amount of people, that should be the message that's promoted and heard by the most amount of people. I don't think that's an insane notion. I think that's the way it should be. Um, if you're wrong, then, you know, let people prove you wrong. Prove your ideas in the crucible of open debate. I've heard people say that before, and I completely agree with it. Um, so hopefully this wasn't too rambly. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Um, it was cool to see some people that I haven't talked to in quite a while in the chat. Um, these live streams seem to be doing pretty well. So if you guys like this stuff, be sure to like the video, subscribe, go over to Twitter where I'm most active. Check me out there. Um, you get an ideological purge from the state jobs and have minimal crossfire to bolster parties, um, bolster a party's hold on jobs with actual power, all while being sneaky about who you're purging and why. Yeah. Um, 
Hit all the links below. Make sure you go check out tigerfitness.com. I got my protein right there. Uh, I want to say that's a chocolate chip cookie right there. It's a birthday cake right there. And then right there's the peanut butter fluff. And then obviously all the BCAAs, everything you could possibly think of when it comes to workout supplements in the links below. Actually, I didn't put them there. I messed up. Anyways, if you go into my bio, my link tree, you'll find all those links. Um, go to drink lmnt.com slash in liberty and health um for some of the world's greatest electrolytes and go to fox and sons coffee.com and use code kyle check out i've been having a cup of uh dark roast every single morning it is fan freaking tastic stephen fox is a great guy um he was on the show and i really enjoy talking to him he has a great taste in music much like uh, kevin does there so um yeah guys i appreciate you guys hanging out for uh the almost hour now that i've just been rambling on about uh progressivism <laughs> uh me getting canceled quote unquote and uh all that stuff so um until next time guys um you know where i'm at um feel free to reach out if you got any questions and um you know take care guys thanks when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.